time where we are here to provoke you to think about the kingdom of God the way the king thinks. We're going to um, open up things for you. We're going to give you information. If you have not seen the, us from the beginning, go back to the archives and you will be blessed. I'm Dr. I'm, I'm Apostle Baker J. Baker, who is a doctor in psychology, and I am blessed to have Apostle Calvin Cook with me today to continue with this program. Uh, we've been doing this for a number of weeks, and he has been studying the tabernacle for 40 years, over 40 years, and he's going to release some things to you today as to how you can live as a temple in who it is, who is the temple, who is Jesus. And so before I'm not going to oh, invite all of your friends, share this, do whatever it is to get your friends, your family, your enemies, your those people that don't like you, because by the end of these programs, they will like you and they will appreciate what you've done. So without any further talk, I'm going to introduce to you my brother, uh, my guest, Apostle Calvin Cook. Well, praise the Lord, Dr. Baker, Apostle Baker, I should say. Uh, I, I first met you, you were, uh, uh, no, you were a minister. I didn't even know you were a psychologist, but. A doctor I, in psychology, yeah. Excuse me. Uh, but now I know you apostolically and that's, and I, I feel better uh, that we had, a, we found a vein of, of true uh, relationship in, in the things of God. And it's really refreshing for me to, to tap into your your wisdom and also for you to connect with me at this time in our life. You think about it, you know, as we go back 40 years, ever think that we would be a part of love and unity together. We that wasn't even in my in my vocabulary. I knew I knew you had been with Miles Monroe. I knew you had been with other great men and you said it uh, in Miles's living room uh, and uh, and there in, in the Bahamas. And I, I knew you had been with other people and I knew you were traveling and I knew those things. But I knew what I was doing and I never thought. And then one day you invited me to come over and check your building out uh, some years ago. And uh, we were looking for a building and that didn't work out. But here we are today. And it, to me, God has a way of taking us places uh, to get us ready to be together. People don't understand that. Uh, I had a breakup with a close friend and I agreed. I cried because that's how much I loved him. The guy said, stop it. You cry, baby. Don't do that. He said, I separated him from you because you don't have enough for him right now. So some other things have to happen in you for you to make the, 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 the relationship of greater value. And I said, oh, my God. OK, so I stopped crying and I began to celebrate the, the way that God does things. Sometimes he separates Paul and Barnabas. He separates men and, and women in ministry so that whatever the separation is supposed to bring forth when they come together, they'll both be more mature or more in alignment or whatever it is. God always knows best. So here we are. Praise God. And uh, uh, we've been talking about the, the tabernacle and we've gone a long way in this and I still haven't even covered it completely. It's kind of difficult. Uh, if I'm not leading it, what I mean by that, if I'm not putting on a class and then I'm teaching it, it's different. But to come on here and take a, a little bit of time and try to get people to understand that God, God always, I said it this Sunday. When you, That's when, why we're together in perpetuity. 
I understand that. Praise That's God. why we're together until it's finished. See, so you know, understand what means, and we'll get together later on. Okay, let me go on here. <laughs> don't be bringing up no big words. <laughs> Come, don't you do that now. Now, what I was saying, uh, the the way God is dealing with me is in Isaiah chapter forty six ten, and in and, and then in Isaiah fifty five, when He says that uh, He declares the, the end. Uh, from the beginning in other words god visits the future and sets it up for you and that future today is in christ and the future that he has set for you is that you're his temple and the whole teaching of Mo moses's tabernacle is to get you to understand that the father is not working on any other theater listen to me carefully he's not trying to help you build another mega building now, you may have accumulated enough people to be able to build a mega building, but God's building a people now to be his temple. The scriptures are clear about this. And as I followed the scriptures, I followed Moses and his tabernacle. It's not the end of the matter. It was a pattern of the sun in the earth. It was the first time the kingdom of God had come to earth and God gave pictorial. He gave symbolic. He gave metaphorical teaching. He gave uh, uh symbols in that tabernacle that are a picture of the son, Jesus Christ, a picture of his church, a picture of his ministry, a picture of his death, and a picture of the future that lies in him. That's why it says that we're in him now. The future is not out in America. The future is not outside of Christ. There's nothing outside of Christ God's going to save except for the sinner. He's not going to save the systems. He's not going to save the governments. He's not saving anything contrived by the mind of men. We don't even believe that. That's why we got all these political Christians. And I'm not talking about that you can't go into politics. I'm talking about that but you're trying to be uh, promote a political system that's corrupted. That doesn't make sense because there is a system called the kingdom of God that already has a perfect system. That's why it says his name shall be Emmanuel. What does that mean? In man will be God. In man will dwell. God, God will dwell in man. And this is called the temple work. So in this day of, uh, of the transition from uh, uh, Moses, watch this, then as David does something illegal. He takes the Ark of the Covenant out of the tabernacle. Why? God's getting ready to bring transition. He, and he puts it in a tent called the tent of David, called the tabernacle of David. Then he says in the New Testament, and we're going to return to the tabernacle of David. What's he talking about? The only thing in the tabernacle of David was the presence of God. There was no table of showbread. There was no candlestick. There was no prayer altar. There was nothing there but God. What is presented, presented to us as God's nature, God's presence. So David was typing out, hey, look, uh, I, I gave you some types and shadows of what the sun, but now we're advancing on to see that there's going to be lively stones in this next temple. We're not going to be making, we're not going to cover no more. Just cover up the man and cover up his nature. Now we're in transition of changing the nature while the man is covered. Instead of covering the sin, now we're covering the man. So the man can begin to live in the nature that's covering him. In other words, God's just not covering us to hide our sin and hide our weakness he's hiding us for transfer he's covering us so we're changed and trans so all this covering god is doing isn't for us to just be covered 
and just have church and look good and speak in tongues and do the gifts of the spirit. God is expecting from the covering that an incubation, some transformation, something's happening in the cocoon that's going to bring forth the life of Christ. And that's not the gifts of the spirit. I keep telling people that the gifts are a part of the ministry of Holy Spirit. But the nature of God, that is what he's after, because it's that nature of God that brings you back to the image that gives you a right to have dominion in the earth realm. And so then the final temple, after you get past Solomon's temple, because he tells us in Haggai 2.9, he says the latter house is going to be greater than the former house. What is he talking about? Well, Solomon's temple is supposed to be the most people came from all over the place. Even the women came. I guess he was good looking, too. Good looking and rich and come on and wise. And so he was stupid too at the same time. But all these people came. Come on. He brought, <laughs> he brought them demons up in the house of God, and all the wisdom that he had. He brought them ladies up in there and they brought their demons up. He wasn't as smart as people say he was. But anyway, he is a lustful man too, 800 concubines. That's a lot of that's a lot of woman right there. Anyway, moving on here. I can't handle Miss D. I don't know why he thought he could handle 800. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, moving on. And so he brings them in. But at the same time, while he's doing this, uh, uh, his temple was considered the, uh, uh, the greatest thing ever. And then God comes back and has the nerve to say, uh, the latter house is going to be greater and people thought he was talking about building another. And even the Jews thought they're going to build the Temple Mount. He's talking about building another thing. And we're going to kill the red heifer. And we got to watch the red moon. And we got because he's going to be building back in Israel. He's not building nothing else in Israel. He's building it right here in you. You are that new, most marvelous, never been seen before temple. That's more glorious than the temple of any temple built with the hands of man. It's now going to be you and I connected together as lively stones being built up to be a habitation of God. And the chief cornerstone happens to be Jesus, who was the first stone laid in the new temple. And then the prophet and apostles were the second corner, uh, foundational stone tied into the cornerstone. So the building of this temple, because it's not the same kind of architecture. You don't use the same type of materials. So what you're going to need in building this temple, you're going to need five master architects, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, pastor, and teacher to build this structure in a way according to the pattern, being built up uh, 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 by that hand, by that architectural uh, anointing that's on the fivefold ministry to build a house of God without the hands of man. And this is what we're in. And this is where we're getting confused at in the church. People are still questioning. Oh, I, I wish my church would give me. God don't want you to have a mega church. Please. I'm not against mega churches. But I'm going to ask you something. And I'm, and I'm going to ask you with a clear conscience. Where's Jesus and all the mega all you see is man and his personification, his labeling, his, his, his reputations, his marketing, his branding. So where, where is this temple that's got a greater glory than Solomon's when it seems like the whole centrality of our worship and thought is about our double ward music, our professional praise and worship teams, and all this thing we've done in the name of Jesus and, and, and where is Jesus and where why is the world in such worse shape than it's ever been before? 
because the temple's not finished being built. That's why it's in it's under construction. The house of God is under construction because it's the house of God, body of Christ. Hear me. It's this tabernacle that is the instrument in God's hand to extend his kingdom in the earth. The church's only reason for being here was not another katata, was not another conference, body of Christ. The church's responsibility is to teach you and I how to colonize, not necessarily Africa, even though I agree that we should. But if we go to Africa and your neighborhood is a wreck, you might as well get back home because you're all out of order. The Bible says Jerusalem doesn't mean you stay in Jerusalem all the time, but it means that there is a center point where you operate from, which gives you a greater foundational uh, thrust out to the other places when you got when your wife is happy with you and you're doing well in your home and you got a Jerusalem in your own house. Come on, and your wife ain't thinking about leaving you while you out there. You also have a in that you you know you you mentioned home, you mentioned our Jerusalem, our neighborhoods. The Word of God even talks about our neighborhoods and the people are safe because of where we are and what it is that we're doing. So uh, you are so right on. You are so right. Well, the Bible calls Adam, when he set him in the garden, he called him, he said, put him in the garden to keep it, which means to protect it, surround it, and to guard it. He was the gatekeeper of that place. Well, when you got set in your neighborhood, you're the gatekeeper of that neighborhood. You are the get you, you as a person that's filled with the Holy Ghost. And it's a, one of the building uh, uh, materials, the one of the uh, building stones of God's temple is responsible for keeping that place Come on, by keeping it, by banding, house banding it, or hus banding it to keep the gate closed from outside contaminate. A Adam failed. He opened the gate. He let something false come in, speak to his wife, and he didn't close the gate until after the thing came in. And once you let stuff in, body Christ, I don't care who you are. It's hard getting it out. I let some lust get in my life, lust in my eye. And I found myself looking twice at these women and I even gauged. And so I put myself in check. I didn't, you know, as a matter of fact, many times I went to my wife and asked her for help. I said, here's what I'm going to do. I said, I said, Lord, I don't like what I'm doing right now. He says, well, yes, you do. That's why you're doing it. He said, the first thing you got to do is stop lying. <laughs> <laughs> you do like what you do it. And that is why you're doing it. He said, how you get delivered of it is when you become ashamed of what you're doing, and then you can repent before me, and I'll deliver you. From, and that's exactly what he did. Once he brought, once he made me tell the truth, then I was able to get delivered from that. Because I don't want to be walking around here telling you can be delivered from something that I haven't been delivered from. You understand what I'm saying? I'm telling you, somebody. I, I, I try to, I'm a practitioner. I try to walk in what I say I'm walking in. If I say I'm walking uh, in the spirit, uh, you can believe that I'm walking in it because I have done the flesh work. I've done, and you know, watch this. Since we are the temple, I thought it was very interesting that the spirit of God would say in the first Corinthian letter, uh, chapter nine, I believe he says, I keep under my body. And that's an interesting statement. He didn't say I keep over my body. He said, I keep under my body. Why is he keeping under his body? Because his body is the temple ground. 
And he has to make sure that temple ground stays holy and that that temple ground is, is operating like a temple. Come on, the temple of the Lord. So he keeps under it to inspect it at all times. In other words, he keeps his body. He keeps his lust. He keeps his eye. He keeps his everything, even his moods. Somebody tell me, what is cloudy today? I say, I'm still going to laugh. I don't care if it's cloudy. Clouds don't determine whether I have a good day or bad day. <laughs> so you keep under your body to make sure you don't get fat, that you don't eat things you're not supposed to eat, that you don't be sorry later on because you want to eat grease and all that other stuff and, and have fun today and suffer tomorrow. Please hear somebody that's had two heart attacks. And I was slim when I had a heart attack. So just imagine if I, the doctor told me, had you not taken care of yourself, you would have perished. That's what he told me. He said, thank God you had sense enough to take care of yourself. Uh, you would not have you would not have survived a heart attack or the blood loss in your lungs. And so there, knowing that you're the temple. Now watch this. He said, Know you not you're the temple, first Corinthians chapter three and first Corinthians chapter six. He said, Know you not that you're the temple of the Holy Ghost, and that the Spirit of God dwell in you, and you are not your own, you were bought with a price. So he purchased the temple, he didn't just make you his temple. He bought the ground that you stand on. He bought everything in the materials in which he's building you by. He bought them all. Every part of this thing has been purchased by the blood of Jesus. And every step of the way is his ordering. And his order is divine order. He has set you where he has determined you'll do the kingdom the most benefit. He doesn't set you because your mama going over there or your best friends over there and you want to be with your girlfriends. And, and he doesn't set people. He sets you according to a destiny that's already been predetermined of where he will set you and do the best, most good. That's why when I came up originally and talked about Jeremiah 46.10, that I declare the end because at the end, he was at your future, has you set in this particular place. And that's the place he came back to remind you of. If you're not in the set flesh, you won't get to your future. You got to be where, because he already knows where he set you. He's come back. He sent the Holy Spirit to awaken you. That's right. not your intellect. You can't go to school and hear from Holy Spirit. I'm not saying you can't go to school while you're there and hear from Holy Spirit, but you ain't, you're not going to school. Let me say something to you. I know you're going to get mad at me. I know you're going to get mad, but I find no record of the most successful evangelists in the history of the world ever having to check out and go to school before they could do what Jesus told them to do. That's right. They, they kept it simple by the Christ. They didn't get it all. We got this thing where, man, you have to almost be a, a scholar to, to, to be obedient to God. And that's not true at all. You must be obedient to God. You must be a student. You must be disciple. And disciple and teaching are two different aspects of ministry. When you disciple people, it's not about teaching them in the cranial realm, in the realm of the intellect and mind. It's holding them accountable to the life of Christ that he came to give them. There's a measurement that the apostles are supposed to be using and evangelists and teachers. It says, until we all come to a measure. So what does that mean? I mean, somebody's measuring the growth and the development of the children of God while they're in, while they're in discipleship. Somebody's measuring the temple 
to make sure that no unclean, Isaiah chapter 44, Ezekiel 44, no man has brought one unclean thing into my temple and touched my holy things. Unclean means unlearned, unkept, come on, uh, undisciplined. Touch my holy thing. Don't let undisciplined men, don't let people who have uh, not been practicing righteousness uh, come in and touch my stuff. That's what he's saying. Because this is the temple. Don't let men lay with you when you know that you've been bought by God. Don't don't lay with women. Don't lay with your sisters. That's called spiritual incest. When you lay with somebody that's blood bought and is part of your family. So as you learn how to operate as a temple, you carry yourself where God is leading you to go. And those of us that are led by the spirit, we don't end up in the joint joint, the juke joint. We don't end up over here. Why? Because we're being led by the spirit. We don't keep saying, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Why? Because we're not living in that realm anymore. We're in the realm of the spirit, which is perfect. Every good and perfect thing come down out of heaven and was in, given to man. Man's not perfect. That's why God had to give man these perfect gifts. But if man will let himself abide in the temple with his Lord and they abide together, pretty soon the inward man begins to be changed because he's working in you to will and to do of his good pleasure, which is to transform your life into the life of the son. And that's why you're the temple of the Lord. That's what the tabernacle teaching is all about, is to get you to learn how to operate as a portable walking temple of the Lord. That one day God says, you have not yet seen him as he is, but one day he will appear and you will be just like him. He's talking about you. He'll recognize you because you've come in the image, because you've developed a, a, a holy place in his temple. Come on. You know, there's a greater glory on you than was ever on Solomon. Come on, somebody. There's a greater glory on you than ever could be on a building. It could be on a ring or a crown. Or I saw a video today. I was telling Dr. Baker about it. And this king went into this setting at this banquet, and he sat in the wrong seat. And, and, uh, and so they were asking him to get up. They had a seat for him, but he said, no, this is where I want to sit. And they said, no, sir, no, no, no. Uh, uh, this seat's already been uh, given. And, and the whole video was them arguing, trying to get this king up out the seat that he's not supposed to. And many of us have sat in seats that God didn't assign you to sit in that seat. Oh, God yes, yes. Assign you to sit where you're sitting. You self-assigned yourself. You self-asserted yourself. You surf, what do you call it? Compared yourself with yourself. And now you're sitting in a self-seat. And God said you were supposed to deny yourself and take up your cross. Then you would end up in the seat I have for you. You won't be surprised what seat that is. That's what I tell people all the time. Don't try to get a seat. God got a seat for you. Ephesians chapter 2, he said he set us together in Christ Jesus in heavenly place. Now that's the best seat in town. I don't know where you would, why what you would want to go try to sit somewhere else when God already has a seat for you. You don't have to get your mom in now to try to get you a seat because God has already made provision for you to sit in heavenly place. Now watch this, the word ecclesia is a political word. It's a word of governmental uh, authority. It means that the, the called out ones out of heaven and the earth have been mandated to say things that aren't as though they are, and to bring legislation from the seat that they have as being the temple, a government comes out of that temple that regulates the environments where those people live 
and wreck. And we don't stay in the church. God never wanted you to be in the church. Matter of fact, I don't find one miracle in the Bible that took place in the church. It was always at the gate of the church in the street somewhere. Today, we demand and get God come to the church and bring miracles. I don't find that in scripture nowhere. I saw a training ground for miracles in the church. I saw a training ground for that in the church, but I saw the miracles taking place out. Yeah, come on, somebody uh, outside of the church where they needed it, where the lost folks were, where the undone were, where the demons were. But today we're we going to have a healing meeting in the church. We're going to make you come into church, Jesus. You come into our church. And then we pray and tell us, Shakov, come on to church, Jesus. And Jesus said, listen to me. This is the last time I'm going to ask you to start your evangelistic ministry. This is the last time I'm going to ask you to wake up your people from sitting in them seats, waiting on me, a dream weaver, to come and, so, and to come and do something else. Uh, contrary to what I told you to do, you're still demanding me to prove to you that I can heal, but you're sitting up there and you've never touched anybody in five years and offered them the healing that I came to give you. And so God said, I'm not going to play with this church today. I'm, I'm creating a, a greater model and the tabernacle is that model. Don't run. Don't speak about something you don't know what you're talking about. Don't speak about, listen, learn to listen and understand that God gave us a model and a pattern for building sons who are the building. Come on, who are the sons that hold the bride? Adam held Eve inside of him. It's called the ministry of hidden things. It's a principle. God hides things. Come on. He hid Jesus in Mary until the appointed time. God always hides his last thing he's going to do. He hides it in a secret place. And only those that are abiding in that place can he reveal the secrets to the apostles. He reveals these things to the apostles. And people get mad because the Bible says he reveals them to the apostles. Well, has he revealed them to you yet? Because you're not doing nothing. So why are you mad if he's revealing it to somebody else? I don't understand. And so well, I'm not going to let you stop me from going forward and what God's giving us to do. Because our assignment is serious. Because we're in a day where people want to be like a world, uh, a, a, you know, a worldly preacher. We want to please the world. Oh, we got to go and help the government. We got to go help them peoples out there. We got to go hold that sign. We got to get out there and let them know we care. The only way you really legitimately could let somebody know you care is lay your life down for them. Now, you may not get a reward or a marriage plaque on your wall. Nobody will ever not recognize. But I guarantee you, if you know how to pray, you're going to change something that's going on in your, in your community. And I don't like the fanfare. So I'm like, Come out and pray out in public. I ain't going out and pray out in public nowhere. The Bible's on me to pray in secret. I go up to prayer mountain with a crowd, a group, my whole church goes up there and we pray. But I don't feel comfortable just to prove to you I got a prayer life or I care about the city. I got to join you in prayer. I'm not doing that. I'm never going to let man position me when I got a seat in heavenly places. If I learn how to legislate from that seat in his temple, come on, somebody. Everything now in this place is new. All the old has passed away. The Pharisees used to walk around praying out loud so people could hear them pray and praying and doing it. We don't do that no more. Did I say we don't pray or walk? We walked this whole city and prayed. But nobody knew we was praying in tongues. We prayed. We had sense enough to know that we would pray under our breath. And God, he ain't hard in hearing or anything. He heard everything we said. We didn't have to yell it out. What are you saying, man of God? I'm saying, body Christ, you are the temple. 
and you need to know how to function as a temple, a portable temple carrying the glory of God everywhere you go. Now, remember, the water always flows from the temple. What water? The living water that makes everything green, green and grow. And let me ask you a question. Where you go places, do people come alive? Do people get hit, healed? Do, do you engage the environment that you come in contact with? What are you doing with the life of God that's flowing in you? This is a tabernacle 101, Dr. Christ. You are the tabernacle, earthly tabernacle, earthly vessels, earthen vessels filled with his treasure. And those treasures are for this generation. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm just running it right now. Hallelujah. I, I want you to remember that we are continuing this. And Apostle Cal will be continuing this in this vein, but we are here to provoke you to think about the kingdom, to think about the kingdom of God in the way that the king thinks. So I want you to invite your friends and your family and your enemies who won't be enemies and things anymore to our, uh, to watch this. Remember to share it with your friends and to do all of that. And we're going to be back here uh, next week when we're here telling it like it is the kingdom way myself and Apostle Cal, and we thank you. I ask you to study this. I ask you to look at this, follow this study with us because this is what it is. Get this in you so that you can uh, uh, walk in it, not just talk it, but walk in it. So we'll see you next time when we're here telling it like it is the kingdom way. This is Apostle Baker and Apostle Cal. Bye-bye.